This Tennis.com podcast is brought to you by the head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. And now here's your host, Ed McGrogan. So we're going to treat this podcast like an exhibition match here in the spirit of things. <laughs> right. so, so basically what's going to happen is Steve Good is going start. to... Steve is going to win the opening argument against Pete, but in return, Pete must win another argument against. So we're Steve rigging here. it. That's right. So, so that's Steve's first. So we're setting the um, we're setting the stage there. Question for, is, how much are we getting paid for this to rig this? Um, it's all going to for then. our charity. I don't have a charity. Yeah. Charity. I've set up my foundation already. <laughs> what was that in Seinfeld with George? There was the Human Fund. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. The Festivus episode. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, that's. That's the uh, I think what we what we take away from the the Federer and Nadal exhibition match. I, I don't think there was any surprises at all, but but there was. I guess it was. We were talking yesterday. It wasn't. I guess as um, free spirited. I don't know if you want to put it. it just seemed yeah, like it was, it was a, kind of a running through the motions type of deal. Well, that's what we were talking about. I thought it was pretty pretty dull. Um, neither of these guys are huge showmen, especially Nadal. He's not. He's just not a guy who's going to go out there and and play to the crowd all that much. Federer seemed to want to a little. Um, but re- you know, without the competition and knowing, it seemed extremely rigged. Since they played two straight days, and they were both three set matches, like you really got the feeling from the start exactly how it was going to go. It Let took- me guess: Rafa won in Madrid, and Roger won in Switzerland. Yeah, ex- yeah, even to the point where they won at home. So, it, it, to me, it took a lot out of it. I didn't. I I thought the matches were dull, and I got the feeling that the fans didn't really. It wasn't that exciting for the fans. God, God. It was probably just a chance for people to, you know, go someplace on a, during the holiday season, see their people. Actually, Federer and Nadal had never played in Switzerland before. No. So, you know, the Swiss fans, you know, at least got to see something. But that's a deadly combination. It was neither competitive nor was it particularly show business. So. Feeling Nadal, actually just, he looked to me like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. I mean, he was right. doing it for his charity and we got that. But he, and for his buddy. He, and for his friend. He, Federer asked him to do it first. But, but he didn't, I don't know, Nadal seemed, without his... Without his um, sort of competitive spirit, he takes a lot out of his out of his game. I didn't even him just as an entertainer. You mean and just as an a, entertainer? Right. Like you really need him to to be fired up. Just him as a player, he's great. It's great to watch. But I was amazed at how how little I enjoyed the shot making on both players when there was nothing on the line. Yeah, it could have been a great demonstration of what these guys can do. You know, like you know, you know, better hitting a huge backhand down the line approach shot and then Rafa unloading, you know, cross-court backhand pass or something. I, I take it there wasn't much of that, but I shouldn't really say anything because I missed both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, uh, to me, it didn't miss You were much. saying that they, they uh, in, the, in the second one, they 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 essentially forced it to be within a two, like a, a certain window for yeah, the TV, TV was, to cut off in Spanish Spain. Spanish TV was going to cut out. It was, it was played at 7 o'clock, so whatever they had, they had some kind of primetime show to go to, so... Once it got to the third set, you could see those guys speed up, and they finished about five minutes before the cutoff time, just in time for some speeches. And Six one third set for some talk I mean, at the end. Mention the sponsors yeah. just in time to thank the sponsors and do all that. Thing. I mean, maybe yeah. these guys, maybe now, you know, the old the old guys used to do exhibitions all the time, so they sort of sort of learned the the science of it, the art of it. These Nadal didn't seem to have it down. He he was very obviously gave away a game in the in the first. In the yeah. first match, and Zurich and Federer just totally went away in the third yeah, set. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking to specifics, that the the serves are the most telling there for both guys. Just you know, kind of lay it in. Nothing, nothing to the backhand too often, and it's it's just kind of 
You know, it used to be they used to have ahead, they used to have the deal was always like you know first two sets make sure they split and then third set once you get to like four wrong you know then you you go for anything goes so if a guy really wanted to like ramp it up and try to get the win he could if and, that had been the case in this it would have been much better if they would if they'd played out the third sets for real I also get the feeling they didn't they're a little careful about about how much they want to affect their rivalry when it is real mm-hmm, with exactly these. like if you if you make the third set real in these. And say Federer wins both matches, then Nadal. The people just have more. I mean, or just it's just more, more chatter, basically about. And also, I just feel like Nadal is then. It's hard for them to know exactly how hard to try from the beginning if if there's something on the line, so they just take it completely out of it. Yeah, it's kind of a testament to the rivalry that they they were really careful of broadcasting a thousand unspoken ways that this really doesn't count, right. folks. <laughs> you know, I'm, don't don't get nobody get any ideas. This is not you know don't. Yeah, like you like you were saying before, they didn't, and I think for good reason they didn't. Pop it up as the uh, you know the collision in uh, yeah, the Zurich. Christmas collision or something <laughs> right, like that. Christmas like collision. it was it was never built as that. By I, to me, by what surprised means. me is how little I enjoyed. Once all of that's gone, how little I enjoyed even watching Federer hit a and forehand it, winner. It's like it was like watching grass grow to me. Yeah, but don't forget that's partly because you've seen a fair amount of Federer hitting forehand winners, like in Wimbledon finals and stuff. So that's true. That you know that kind of we get kind of spoiled by that, I guess. This Tennis.com podcast is brought to you by Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. The Utech Star Series is geared for players looking to add more power to their game and was developed with the help of tennis legends Andre Agassi and Stephanie Graff. Head to your local tennis store and check out the Utech 6-star, 5-star, 4-star, and 3-star models to amplify your game. And for a limited time, Purchase any Head Utech racket and receive a free backpack. Visit headpromo.com to find a store in your area. Uh, exhibitions involving Federer has been a, a fair number of them in recent years. There and Nadal too. They had the they had the hit for Haiti thing, which kind of went off pretty well. There was the San Francisco thing, of course, too. But <laughs> went there, off well because there, there, <laughs> there was some anger. <laughs> there was a little there was a little tension brought into it. <laughs> But those two guys, when they played at MSG a couple of years back, uh, we all went to that. And that one, Sampras serves for the match and they goes to the third set breaker. Like stuff that is too unbelievable to be even thought to be believed. We were talking about that last day. What did you What did you remember from that? That added a little bit to well, the exhibition. I remember exhibition, watching the, the those exhibitions on TV, and I thought they were pretty real. But then when I saw it live, I thought, well, Federer is definitely not going 100% here. But then it seemed to get a little out of his control by the end. So I don't know how real that was. The, the thing about that that made it interesting was, you know, it's not particularly interesting whether Nadal beats Federer or Federer beats Nadal. What made this possibly interesting, could Pete Sampras actually beat Federer? And they seem to or even play with him. Or play with him. They seem to have rigged it enough so that so that that part seemed interesting. Sampras was in the match. Now, I mean, Pete told me that that was not rigged at all. Now, granted, maybe he would have lied to me, but I don't think so. I don't think it – and I don't think it was rigged. I think it was kind of a patrician move on Federer's part, which showed kind of a good instinct for show business and, you know, even for his image and stuff in, in, a, in, a, in a non-cynical way. I mean, that you know, he said, oh, okay, you know, this guy's a great, great player. He still can play. You know, let me go out there and see what he's got, basically. I think that was Federer's attitude. I don't think Federer really cared. He's not a rival of Federer's, you know, in anything but the record books. And so I think Federer was, all right, well, let's see. It's a little bit like if you went out and played, you know, with your cousin who's 3.5 and you're a, you're a good player, a college player. You know, you, you sort of say, all right, well, show me, show me your best stuff and you play along. And, you know, the guy catches a little bit of wind behind him. 
and all of a sudden, you know, and there you, just, you are. You he's just, got, he's got to break. Instinctively, and, just kind of play, play. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. it wasn't it wasn't really rigged. I don't think they said you know Rogers got to win or you know we're going to take it to this. But I think they said let's try to make it reasonably. I mean, they didn't even have to say let's try to make it reasonably competitive because because with the way Pete serves, it's always going to be reasonably competitive. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he win one of the one of the ones in Asia actually? He did they not did win like it. Three, I don't believe he won one, he win three one in Asia. But I felt like that was that was set up so they could have the Madison Square Garden match. Yeah, that's that's to a make good it a point. bigger deal. This Sampras right. has a win over him. There's they a little the bit series, of an edge to yeah, it. and the offshore casinos in Macau or whatever. I can't remember could what it was it. called, but out there, way yeah, out some there. clash of champions or Titans at the summit or whatever. But let's yeah. talk about something really interesting. What about Rex Ryan? The foot fetish videos. He's not interesting. But you, you oh, will never tell me. All about he's, it. Anno- he's annoying. That's, oh, that's that, that. You got it. Wait. Let's preface this by saying that Ed is a, is a bitterly jealous Bills fan at this point in the year. But <clears throat> I think Ed is more of a Jets hater than a than anything else. Well, that's how I mean, you approach if, the if, NFL. Right? If the Bills can, if they have any, hey, we're not have, talking about the Bills. Even, we're they, talking about Rex Ryan. No, no if they have no, but they play Week 17. If they have even the remotest chance of denying, they do not have the remotest these chance. Malcontents, <laughs> a spot in the playoffs. They're rallying around Rex now because of the foot fetish video. These team team is really rallying around their guy. Now, however you feel about Rex Ryan, his guys love him, and that, really, that counts. He's for a motivator. Something. I don't. Want, I, I don't, I don't want to see him in tennis if this is your hook. You know, I feel for the guy. You know, it's a little like these. You know, this. You know, these are really innocent, kind of sweet videos and everyone's like you know he's getting these reporters you know well do you have a foot fetish and this that and the other thing i i just feel for the guy because i don't think he did anything wrong he he just we're not we're not going to talk about we're not going to go come further. on right. guys we're not going right. to talk about the jets here. well out there in tennis tennis land you know you got a bunch of prudes here who don't want to get down into the uh into the nitty-gritty with it's me a, on this one but i thought i think it's funny as heck actually and it's kind of kind of sad i mean sad's too strong a word but i i feel for Ryan. i haven't actually even, even heard the story i've you know this is breaking Living it up with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the only, only person who did not go to the so. internet and check out Rex Ryan foot fetish videos. Well, how about that kick return? Yeah, that's you know that's, that's... what I'm concentrating on. The oh, the, the tripping thing? Tripping. No, 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 no. no. The, oh. the Eagles and the Giants. Oh, boy. that Yeah, Steve must have been in his glory. Yeah, did you yeah, watch yeah, that? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, game? yeah, yeah. That shut down the city, I think. <laughs> shut down New Jersey. Do you think yeah. Eagles have a chance? Uh, as an Eagles fan, I, I will always say no. They don't have a chance. Spoken like a true Eagles fan. fan. <laughs> all of all of Philadelphia's teams are kind of at a a little bit of a high at the moment. It's a renaissance, actually, yeah. with with Cliff Lee coming and the Flyers are at the top in that. But, yeah, the Phillies thing seems miraculous to me that now that they're suddenly like the new Yankees for yeah, spending money of the national contending. League, yeah. So, Christmas plans? Anyone called? There's about deserted office, deserted deserted city. Deserted television screens with tennis. Oh, we're we're going we're going. To, Lisa, Luke, and I are going to Maryland. See uh, Gramps, Lisa's dad, and then we're going up to the farm for a few days. I'll be checking in. We'll be we're going to have a holiday party at Tennis World. I think on a, I think it'll be on a thirty. I think Jackie's going to post something on Friday at the Deuce Club post that everyone anyone anyone listening is invited to drop in. We will be on for a couple hours just chatting and. Well, that'll be my readings. that'll be my only party. I'm I got work I got work to do over Christmas. <laughs> Finishing up. You got to get a book. Oh, a tell book. It. oh, yeah. Let's let's plug Steve's book here. Actually, Steve's yeah. Book. Give us give Steve's us. Got a good, what can good you thing what can here. you say about that? Uh, it's a book about the U.S. Open in the early '80s, the last big U.S. Open between Borg and McEnroe. Talk about that era and how that era ended. Um, it's going to be out in August in time for. This U.S. Open. We think, you know, later. that's if Steve gets it done. If he, if that's he a hits big the if. Headline. That's a big that's if. A big 
a lot depends on the next few weeks. I'm sure it's going to be a good read. Get it right, put it right down on your next Christmas list, I guess. And you know, did you see the numbers on Amazon sale of Kindles? I've been a Kindle user for a while now, but Amazon, like by a multiple of six, they had it projected a great Kindle sales, mm-hmm. and they went like by a multiple of six, they exceeded their sales. So. As a New Yorker, I've, I've, I've been stunned, you know, because people are so tech conscious and relatively affluent and stuff like that. And you get into so many, you still see so many people reading these big, heavy books and these paperbacks and losing their place and all this other stuff. I think this is going to be the tipping point. This Christmas is going yeah. to be the tipping point the for I've, electronic I've readers. I've heard a lot of people that, that, I wouldn't, that, that I wouldn't suspect would, would be purchasing them basically for, like you're saying, like a, a new generation of people who are getting interested in that, but they're yeah. just coming on board. But once, a, once Apple gets involved with something like that, it's, that's, that seems like the tipping point itself. That's kind of true. But actually, the interesting thing is that, is that uh, apparently Kindle has really kicked butt over Apple. On, you know, in other words, their sales of, you know, even, even though iPads are selling great and people like them, I think the people who just really want a reader, you know, they're not choosing to get the Reader Plus, which is like the iPad because you can surf the net and stuff. They're saying, you know, 139 bucks for a Kindle with Wi-Fi. You know, it's a, it's a reader. You know, I don't have to pay a dime in service fees or anything. And I think they're pulling a the trigger on that. And it's kind of nice to see because it is a dedicated reader. My wife has an iPad. The iPad's a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's bigger and it does more. But if you just want something to take on a plane with you when you're going to read a book, the Kindle is the way to go. That is your Christmas gift from us. Our little, little <laughs> no, no, little, we're not giving you Kindles. Wait little, a second. Little, little, no, 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 no. <laughs> just we're a not. recommendation. Little pay for it yourself. Oh wait, little Eddie, banter, Eddie, little tell, please before you sign off, tell our listeners what you're getting Danielle for Christmas. Oh, I can't. That, if, you, if you could be listening to the podcast, she's gonna be listening to the podcast. Can't. That's, they have to figure that out come Christmas morning. Yeah, all right. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, from Ed McGrogan, Steve Tigner, Pete. But we'll be back next week. With actually, a predictions podcast, 2011. It has all the makings. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you then. This Tennis.com podcast was brought to you by the Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. For more news and information, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.